Aren't you thankful for where we live? Has its faults, has its problems, but I'm thankful we live in this country. Now, we are sitting here, and we have got a lot to do, and I want to encourage you to stay for the whole service. Um, I have, I've got to preach in 15 minutes, all right? So, and you're saying, yeah, right, okay, yeah, we've got to do this because we've got a communion service, and we also have a business meeting. I want to encourage you to stay for those. And you'll, if you're visiting with us, you'll get to see how we operate during those times. We have a lot of visitors in here, but you just stay and kind of watch how we do. You, you will, it will not be an all-day thing, okay? So don't think that we're going to be here until 3 o'clock getting this all done. I do want to make mention, man, when did you say your surgery is? Yes. Okay. All right, you need to pray for her. How many of you have, anybody in here have plantar fasciitis? I do. It hurts like crazy. She's having surgery on hers. So that shows you the in-depth of it. So we need to make sure we keep her in your prayers. Um, it's a long surgery, and, it, and she, she's wanting our prayers for that, I know. So let's go ahead and let's get, can you turn this on? Is it coming up? All right, so we're going to talk about America today. And this is my statement to you. What are we to do with America? All right, if you've got a pen, you need to write some of these verses down because I want to, I want to talk about some things. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. And I want to help you with some things in your life. Psalm chapter 1, and if you do not know, I, I, I've shared it with you. I was sick last week. I, my medicine was eating up all my vitamins, and so I, I get tired real quick. So um, I'm 53 years old, 54 years old, and um, i think that through and take naps. I love naps, but I, didn't, I used to like them, but now they're kind of on my nerves a little bit because I have to take a nap sometimes and so uh, my heart is beating 20 to 25 percent where yours is beating 55 to, to 85 and um, I'm having a surgery not this Friday but the following Friday on September 11th what a great day to have a sur su surgery and somebody else is having a surgery on September 11th who was that who Doug Cook is having knee replacement on September 11th so Pray for me. They're putting in three leads in my heart. I was praying they'd only do two. Two is a two-hour surgery. Three is a seven-hour surgery. And I read on the thing that said I need to sit still. I have a hard time sitting still for three minutes, let alone seven hours. So hopefully they'll, they'll give me enough juice to make me go to sleep. So um, let's go ahead and stand, and we're going to read this, this chapter. Six verses, probably a chapter you probably know a lot of the verses. In, in, in Psalm chapter 1, it says this. It says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his light is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and bringeth forth his fruit in the season, and his leaf shall also not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall, shall prosper. The godly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the godly shall perish. Cecil, could you pray for us? Amen. You may be seated. As I ask this question, what can we do? If you're trying to figure out how to fix this all on your own, you're never going to be able to fix it. I asked another question with this, and I had changed a little bit. What can we do as Christians? What can we do about what's going on in America? What can we do about what's going on in our, on our life? You know, when, when you look at this, 
God's people have to act different. We do. You know, I don't know where America's going, but I do know this, that God's in control. Be careful with that, because sometimes we forget that God's in control. We look at it, and we get negative, 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 and we think everything's going to be negative. God still knows what's going on. And it's evident in our, in our personal lives. There's no doubt in everything that I've went through that God's in it. I don't know why God does certain things, but I want to say this to you. We have to act like God's people. The thing is, with God's people, we have to figure out God's pattern. What does God want us to do? And if you're in here for the first time, I'm kind of using some very simple diagrams up here. And you'll see my clip, clip art is just very simple things for us to realize that every person needs to do what God wants them to do. And we read this story in Psalms and it says, listen, it says blessed. I want to be blessed. But in there he gives us a story of what we're not to do as a Christian. Look at these, look at these words in here. It says blessed is a man that walketh. Now, I put these on display because I'm going to show you when I get done with them what they mean. It says, blessed is he that walketh not in, what? The counsel of the ungodly. The next one says this. It says, um, and, and, sitteth, and standeth in the way of sinners. And the last one says this. It says, and sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What's interesting about these three aspects is they're, one of them is moving and, and just kind of talking as they go. Look, in the counsel of the ungodly. Who would want a counsel of the ungodly? I wouldn't want that. But look at the progression. It says the one that's walking, that means they're not going to stay for a long time. But the second one says, listen, hey, stop, and he's standing in the ways of sinners. He's waiting and he's talking. And how many of you have ever been to somebody's office and, they know, and you know how to get, if they've come into your office, you know how to get people out of your office. Now, if you come into my office and I do this, I, I, I'm not trying to do it, but if you were to come in my office and I didn't want you to stay for a long time, you know what I would do? I'd stand. I might even go over where you're at and talk with you. That's what people do, don't they? Have you ever met somebody and you go, oh no, I don't want to talk to them. You ever been there? Am I the only one I heard someone laugh? I heard someone laugh, but there's some people go, oh, oh, oh no, they're at the door. Shut the lights off and don't say a thing. But, you know, you look at the progression. When you sit down, you're planning on staying. Look what it says with this. It says, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't be around someone, even on a casual basis of just walking, that you know they're ungodly. It will affect you. It will affect me. Look at the second part. It says, and don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't sit there and communicate with them because you don't want them to think they agree. Do you talk to sinners? Absolutely. But he is saying, if you want to be blessed, you need to stay away from some things. And the last one, in the seat of the scornful. If you're sitting down with someone that's scorning everybody, you better be very careful with that. Because those people that will scorn everybody, they'll scorn you when you leave. That's what happens. You are who you are. And when someone scorns somebody and someone runs people down, guess what? It's going to affect your spirit. We get affected by our spirit in many different directions, don't we? Doesn't music change your spirit? When I hear the Star Spangled Banner, it makes me thankful for who I am. You know, it, if I were to hear, if I were to watch a scary show, guess what? The music dictates the show. 
If I were to watch a mysterious show, the music dictates the show. If I were to watch a funny show, the music dic- all the music and everything affects everything around us. I have, a, I have a show that I watched, and, and I've actually got it saved. I think it's called The Thief, and it's an old black and white movie, and someone dared a producer that they could not make a show with any words, and he said, I can do it. And there's only sounds in it. There's a little bit of music, but there's only sounds in it. It's a spy movie. They don't ever say a word, and you'll watch it, and, and, I, and I thought, man, this is going to be boring. I was on the edge of my seats with that because they know how to keep you on this, what are we doing? Where are we walking? Who are we standing with and who are we talking, talking to? We've got to see that God has something greater for us and He wants to protect us. Does Jesus want to protect us? Absolutely. Look at the second verse. Here's what it says about that. In the second verse it says, um, his, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. In other words, he's thinking about the, the Word of God all the time. You know, things in your life will make you change the way you think. Right? I'm really thinking, you know, time to me means a lot. Um, I have a dog that, my favorite dog. Bless her heart, I know she's not going to live very much longer. And I have, I have three of them at my house. And Anne, if you're listening, I'm sorry about this before I say it. But anyway, um, I was laying down on the, on the, on the um, couch last night watching some shows and and all of a sudden, these two dogs are, are high energy. They want my attention. They want my attention. I was like, get away from me. And then that third dog walked up that was my favorite dog, and she wanted my attention. You know, I said, just get on up here. And I let her fall asleep on my lap, and she fell asleep on my lap for about an hour, probably about three minutes, Ann, but an hour. And she just fell asleep. You know, I realized that time is very vital. And so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about being different from the world. Don't we need to be a light in a dark world? Well, one of my favorite writers, of course, in the New Testament is Paul, and he's probably one of the best Christians to ever walk, and he talks about what we need to do. In 19 verses in the Pauline epistles, and I'm only going to show you a few of them, but in 19 verses he talks about one word, and he says it, and he says it, and he means that we need to basically stand. Look at these verses. In Romans chapter 5, verse 2, Paul says this, By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Watch ye stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. He says in 1 Corinthians 1, 24, For by faith ye stand. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's always talking about the standing in here. He goes on in Ephesians chapter 6, and we, you probably know this. This is when he's talking about the, the whole armor of God. He says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then he says this, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. That you stand fast in one spirit. You so stand fast in the Lord that you stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And these last two that are mentioned here, it says, for now we live... If you stand fast in the Lord, I want you to look at the last verse. It says this, it says, Therefore, brethren, it's supposed to be brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. You know, we're supposed to go, and, and, and the problem is, is what we do is we stand on things that we believe in. That's why you're seeing these people going through and looting, and they don't really know what they're standing on. They're just doing whatever their body is telling them to do. 
But when we look at it, we can't do what we want. We've got to do what the Bible says. Don't listen to me and say, oh, I've got to do what Pastor Wagner said. I never ask you to do that. I want you to study His Word and do what the Word says, but don't transform the Word into what you want it to say. Take it at what it says. You know, the Bible tells me that I'm supposed to be a witness. What does that mean? I'm supposed to tell others about Christ. Yesterday I was at Walmart and you ever walked up to total strangers? I was like, no, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't know these people. And here I've got a mask on. They've got a mask. It looks like we're robbing each other. And, and they've got a car, and they've not thought this through. They bought a 65-inch TV, and they have a small car. And I just thought, man, Lord, you've put this in. You've put them right in front of me. I've got to say something to them. And I walked up to them. I said, I know you don't know me, but I have a truck over there. And if you need me to take you to where you're at, as long as you don't live a long way, I can take you. And they said, and they had already taken the TV out of the box, and they're trying to fit it in that car. It's not going to fit. And he told me, he said, well, I just called my dad, and, um, and he's going to help me pick it up. And, and Cecil, the next thing I say to him, I said, I'm a pastor. I know you don't know me, but I'd help you if you need that. And I'm thinking, they're, they're probably thinking, yeah, right. I did like the TV. But I, I, when I walked away, I looked back at him. I said, you know, want me to tell you something? I said, you're going to remember that TV for a long time, aren't you? And they said, yes, we will. And, and then they said, thank you for asking. I saw people walking right beside him. Everybody knew what they needed. But no one wanted to help them. And, and so we've got to get back to understanding. We've got to stand for what's right. And people need to see a difference in our lives. So when you look at this, what not to do as a Christian don't walk with the counsel of the ungodly. Don't sit in the way of sinners and don't, I mean, don't stand in the way of sinners and don't sit in the seat of the scornful. It will affect you. Stand for what's right. And so when I was looking at this, watch what you do because your life can change quickly. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis and we're done. Genesis and we're done. My, my point to you is this. Has there ever been a pattern where people have done what's wrong and it affected them? Absolutely. How many of you know somebody, and don't raise your hand, how many of you know somebody that's an alcoholic? When they're an alcoholic, they don't think they're going to be an alcoholic. They just think, hey, I'm just going to take one drink. That one drink turns into another drink, turns into another drink, turns into stronger drink, turns into... You can do that same thing with, with um, drugs. No one ever says, hey, I want to be a drug addict. I want to be hooked on meth. Or no one wants to say, I want to be an alcoholic. It starts gradually. And God knows that, and He gives us a pattern. He says, listen, don't go walking, sitting, and standing with people that will affect you. I want you to turn to the book of Genesis, and I want you to turn to the book in Genesis chapter 13. This is one of the saddest stories in the Bible, and I'm trying to warn you so that we don't do, we don't fall down the same suit as what everything else is, what some people have went through. Genesis chapter 13 and I want to look at the first one. The first thing I want to point out is the word this, brethren. What does brethren mean? I was just raised, and I'm still trying to learn it, and there's people that get upset at me when I call them brother or sister rather than calling them their first name. I work on their first name, but I can tell you, every time I work, if I were to see Bobby out front and I said, hey, Bobby, how you doing? I called him Bobby. I would cringe inside and still say it. I've had people say, you need to call us by our first name. There's one person in here, you don't know my first name. I do know your first name. But I was taught not to do that. Well, you're, what if they're younger than you? I'm still taught to do that. 
How many of you ever got a spanking for not saying yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am, yes, sir, or no, sir? You know, I'm still thinking my mom can have, heaven's got a long arm and she could really whack me down if she wanted to. And so I, I, I try to get this and try to get this, but when I say brethren, what does brethren mean to you? It means someone of, the, of like faith. Look and see what it says in Genesis chapter 13. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but Genesis chapter 13, and let me see the verse. I want you to go to verse number um, 8. It says, and, Abraham, and this is before Abram turned into Abraham. Abram said to Lot, Let there be strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdsmen and thy herdmen, for we be, what's the next word? Brethren. Be careful who your brethren is. This is good for, everybody knows who this is, this is Lot. This is good for Lot to be with Abraham. This is a very good situation for Lot to be with Abraham. Um, because if you keep reading it, it talks about how he, every time Abram stopped, he, start, he, he would make an altar. It was a, he was a good example to who Lot was. And so he calls Lot his brethren. All right, so now the next one is this, looking. Here's the pattern that Lot goes. He starts looking at the wrong stuff. I want you to Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 12. Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 12. Let's keep reading in verse number um, 9. It says, Is not the whole land before thee separate thyself, I pray thee, before me? If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right hand. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes. You know what's interesting about this? And I've preached a message on this. Abraham knows the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he tells Lot, he says, I want you to pick either the left side or the right side. Now notice the directions that he's picking. He said, you pick over here or you pick over here. You know what Lot does? He looks all the way around. He says, I want that way. He doesn't even pick the side that he says. He picks a different direction because he sees that the land's good for his field. Be careful with what you stand for. Be careful with who you talk to because it'll affect you. And it says, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest into Zoar. Now look at verse number 11. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and he separated themselves the one from the other. Now look at this. If you underline anything in your Bible, look at the next one. It says, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And what's the next one? Pitched his tent toward Sodom. So what he did is he sets his tent up and he can see Sodom in front of him. So every morning he wakes up, he looks and sees something that he's not supposed to see. He's not supposed to be around. So the second one is brethren. first one's brethren, the next one's looking. And so I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 19. A couple of verses Lot, Lot is not mentioned. But Genesis chapter 19, it says in verse 1, And there came two angels of Sodom. Now remember, he's just pitched his tent, looked towards it. But then in, in Lot, what is the next word? Genesis chapter 19, verse 1. And there came two angels into, to Sodom at even, and Lot, what's the next word? Sat. Now where is he sitting? He's sitting in the gate of the city. Now if you do any historical background on what people did at, sitting at the gate of the city, they usually were people that were prominent people. Something that meant something to that city. So the third one I want you to look at is sitting. So watch his progression. He, he calls Abram his brethren, then he's looking towards the city. Then he's sitting in the city. Then one of the saddest stories in the Bible is found in this chapter. 
for sake of the children in here, I'm not going to read everything. But I want you to go. These, these angels came in and they pressed upon him and he pulls them into his house. And then they knock on the door in verse number six and he shuts the door before them. And then Lot shows himself in verse number seven. Look what verse number seven says. It says, and Lot and said, I pray you, what's the next word? Brethren. Now who's his brethren? The wicked men of Sodom and Gomorrah. We got to watch where we stand. We got to watch what we do. We got to watch who we talk to because it will affect you. I have unsaved relatives. Absolutely, I do. I have to watch that their influence doesn't come to me. I want to be a good influence to them, but I don't want to be a bad influence. I don't want them to be a bad influence to me. As a pastor, I have to watch it. We have to be very careful with what we do. You say, well, how far will will sin take you? We just read verse number 7 where he says, listen, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. I'm just going to read this next verse. All the adults understand what this means. But this is how far, far sin will take you. One of the saddest verses in the Bible is right here. I have two daughters. I can't comprehend this. But he says this, he says, Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known men, let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as it is good in your eyes. Wow. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Didn't you think for a second that his daughters were under the shadow of his roof? That's how far sin will take you. We need to be very careful with what we do. I don't know what God's doing in your life, but I know in my life He's really teaching me things left and right. You know, I've told you before, I've got to quit reading on the internet about what I'm going through because it discourages me, amen? But on the other side of it, you have to prepare for everything, don't you? You know what I want to hear when I get to heaven? Well done. Do I think I'll get that? I don't know. There's so many times, Denver, that I let the Lord down. And I think if we were to be honest with ourselves, but you've got to watch that first step. All it took for Lot to turn was to look the wrong direction. And if you don't think Satan knows that, you're what my mama called would be a fool. All it takes is one look, one direction, one talk, One concern. All it takes is for someone to say, you know, your preacher, he does this. And then you start thinking, well, yeah, he does this, and he also does that. You know what? My faults are a long list. And so are yours. And all Satan wants to do is destroy. We've got to understand we need to stand for what's right in a a country that right now we don't know what's going to happen. But we've had it fairly easy so far, haven't we? I want to ask just one simple question. How many of you have ever been to a third world country? Would you raise your hand? Let me see your hands all around. I'm telling you right now, once you go to a third world country, you'll understand how much we have it here. Stand for what's right and stand for God. It's just that simple. 
I don't want to look back and look at my kids and say, I made a wrong choice and look how far it took me. And look how far it took you. Kids are watching you, aren't they? I can tell you they are. My grandchild, she eats anything that's put in front of her. You know why? Because her daddy eats it. If I were to put the same thing in front of me, Larry, I'd say, that's gross. You know, if I said it was gross, you know what would happen to my grandchild? She'd never eat in the world. She'd say, I'm not putting that on my mouth. Because they watch us. Brethren, looking, sitting, and the brethren. What it cost him. You know the whole story, it cost him his wife. And really it cost him his daughters. Can you imagine that conversation? We need to do what's right.